what's so funny is yours somehow timed just with mine, and I don't know how that happened. I just go, I just clap when four would be. One, two, three, clap. One, two, three. <laughs> I just, I don't worry about the space. I just go, okay, if I was going to say four after three, what would the timing be? And how would I pee? Would you pee hard? Because maybe I'll take a knee Jesus. and rhyme to D. Well, how are you today? Waking up, a little sleepy. Sleepy, I feel you. Uh, sleep face. Wakey up face. Well, I told you that we were going to do this, and we're going to do it this time. Uh, this is the, no. this instead of doing journals, we're going to do coffee and contemplation, because if you guys haven't noticed, we're always sipping something while we record. <laughs> and it's coffee. There's Eric. So what are you drinking today? What's my your, tongue! Ouch! What's your coffee? Ouchie in my mouth! <laughs> what the fuck? Ouchie in my mouth! What is that? That's that's uh, how I met your mother. Okay. When Barney's Barney, that's... sick. And, uh, God, what's Colby Smulders' character's name? Robin? Yep. When she brings him soup? Yeah. If he goes, ouchie in my mouth! Um, <laughs> what are you drinking? What is it today? Uh, it's just drip. From That's pretty much what I drink. I there's a coffee shop around my corner, around around my corner, around my corners. You want to see my corners? Blah. Four sack popsicles. You want some popsicles? <laughs> there's a coffee shop around the corner from my house. What's it called? Where it's very convenient if I wake up late like I did today and I don't have time to make pour over. I'll just run over there and get drip coffee. The thing that's nice about that is they have different varieties mm. because they roast their own beans. So they have like Mexico and Ethiopia and they have different different stuffs. Uh, the downside is all their coffee's kind of skunky. Just a little bit. So what, what country are you drinking today? Mexico. It's the Oaxaca. Nice. Oaxaca. Wow. It's the it's the tastiest that I've tried from there. They're uh Various roasts. Nice. Um, although their espresso beans are pretty good, too, for for like a less skunky, robust roast. Nice. I'm a basic bitch, and I've got some beans in brew. Caramel Cielo with a bunch of additional shots of espresso. So basically a lot of sugar and a lot of caffeine. Uh, the Cielo is not that much sugar, actually. It's not one of the like desserty ones. It's just a little mm. bit of caramel. Just a little bit of kick. Yeah, but it is so yeah, a lot. All I do is I don't put any sugar in mine. I just put a little bit of cream mm. in there. Nice. That's it. Well, so this is our new segment. This is replacing journal coffee and contemplation. Coffee. So are we not talking about our campaign? No, anymore? that's that goes in there. That's in there. So pretty much it's gonna be the same thing. Yeah. We just renamed it. Yep. I feel like I've been lied to. Well, I don't know why. I'm impeaching you. Whoa, calm down now. 38 counts. <laughs> uh, yeah, do you want to... Pathfinder we had this week. Do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, Switch to a new hosting service called Molten, Molten Hosting. So we tested that, that out. It worked out pretty well. It's got some kinks. I think VTTs are always going to have some issues. Mm. 
Um, but overall, it seemed to work better. Um, honestly, it's an intermediate step so that I can have have some time to learn how to self-host because right. that's I think really the best option. I think I'm going to go with Raspberry Pi. That's the best way to go. Yeah, I was talking to T Coon, who's like one of the lead programmers that does the Pathfinder 2E stuff on Foundry and he was saying that's how he does it mm. like he and it works great so and that'll allow it so I can have it on all the time so the players can log in because right now there's an issue with them being able to jump on there and work on their character sheets uh, as far as the game itself uh, the party defeated the first kind of chapter one boss Bolan, and they almost didn't get any of the treasure because uh. they're like, we we won, take him to justice. I'm like, uh, hey, uh, player, player number fifty, roll a roll a perception check. Uh. Hey, look, you see a big box right there. Oh yeah, treasure. And then they didn't ask the. The campaign, I can put it in other play, characters' mouths, other NPCs' mouths, but the, you guys are supposed to interrogate Balan. Mm. And you, like, brought him to the Oak Stewards, who you found out weren't the Oak Stewards. And you're like, here you go, brought him to justice. <laughs> uh, uh, we're, we're leaving now. It's like, uh, do you want to ask him any questions? So I had to kind of work... I had to work in some stuff so you guys would get information. Sure. I honestly didn't know we were supposed to interrogate him. I thought we were going to get that from the people we turned him into. But. Well, they didn't have the info he has. Right. But I thought. I could I could finagle it. but Yeah, I thought the one girl in Seven Arches was going to get the info from the people that got it from Balan. Is what I thought uh, in my quick assumption of what we were doing. But then when you were like, you didn't interrogate him, I was like, you know what? Fuck. This coming from the guy who's reading through an adventure path. Right. And I bet the villain at the end of chapter one, or the, the bad guy, we probably can interrogate him and ask him questions. Oh, Most Paizo villains, it's like, hey, here's the things your players will probably ask the villain. That's true. Yeah. There is responses. I didn't, I didn't railroad it. I was just, I started having Volan speak. Right. I started having him say stuff, and then you guys were like, wait, what? Right. What are you, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Then we killed him accidentally. Well, not accidentally, but kind of accidentally. You almost killed him three times. The third he time had one he did. hit point, and you guys kept being like, I kick him in the nuts! <laughs> and you'd miss. You'd miss a dude who's fucking tied, tied up. up and has a minus to his AC. And then finally you did it and killed him. It's like, wow. And then we brought him back to life. And you brought him back to life. So, yeah, they they finished it. They're going to get a nice big fat downtime session next session. So I think people will like that. I, I definitely have some players who want to do some crafting and I think sell some gear and things like that. So, uh. And Lindsay... Uh, shout out to Lindsay for my birthday. She bought me the Harrow deck right. uh, for the table, so we'll probably have some fun with that as well. That's pretty sweet. That'll be cool. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool deck. They actually designed it so you can do oracle readings, like your daily readings, if you like tarot and 
that kind of stuff. So it's got a lot of depth to it. It's interesting. That's cool. There's one suit for every uh, Class, ability right. attribute. Oh, ability. That's right. That's right. Um, and then, like, the reading they have in there. I wonder if they'll change this now. But it's a nine-card reading. Mm. And each, uh, kind of each part of the, each card that you put down, each of the nine cards is in one of the alignment positions. It's uh, so like up in the top left, you have uh, lawful good, and then top middle, you would have neutral good, et cetera, et cetera. So you have like good, neutral, evil going vertical, and then uh, lawful to chaotic going horizontal. Sure. That kind of thing. I'm going to yeah. call something to your attention real quick. Whatever you're, what? that thing you're playing with on your drink. What, you like that? Yeah, I love that. That's great. It's it's revenge for you going... Fucking clicking on that goddamn pen. That's true. One to murder. Oh, I'm sure. I bet. I bet. Well, I'm going to say something from the player's side on this one. Absolutely not. Because nobody cares about the players. Right, at the, right at the end, the uh, you were like, "There's crowds of people and stuff." And every oh my s- god, I wanted to murder <laughs> all of you. Every single player stops. and was like, "Uh oh," and I'm like, "We should just." Okay, what should we do? Should we sneak in? I was like, "Just walk into the fucking city, please." I was because I was a hundred percent. I was like, "Let's just walk in." Then it devolved, and then I was like, look, it's a gamble, no matter what. So I think we should just walk in. And we're like, yeah, let's walk in. Yeah, let's walk in. And it was was a celebration for us. And then all the people were like, the heroes of Wildwood, yay! But it it literally was like 10 solid minutes of debate when I'm just trying to wrap up the session. I know. Just like, come on, guys. Sometimes you're all the worst. Yep, it's it's a thing. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a good session. I liked that session. It was fun. Yeah. One thing it shows is that I have to really it's it's uh, such a pain in the ass. I have to really pay attention to how many people are actually playing on a given night because the difference of you having your full everybody was there, so it's a six person party. Plus, uh, Sunspot NPC is now has a full character sheet. Seven players. So it was like seven characters, basically. You just, you just creamed through that last fight. Oh yeah. Like there was no contest, especially once the monk and the barbarian was flanking Bolan. Like Bolan has some crazy powers. Never even got to pop them off. And I'm not pulling a Troy where I'm like, ah, I never got to use my powers, me. It's more like, like, wow, that didn't even seem like a challenge compared to when you guys were in there before right. and it was four players. It was overwhelming. Like, so it's, it's crazy how the math will flip. So I, I have to pay more attention. Right. It's really just like that. in Pathfinder, two bad rolls in a turn sequence can change the tide of battle that quick. Just boom. Another bad roll, boom. It's just right. totally different. On the Well, speci- especially if you've taken the action economy. Yeah. So seven times three compared to two times three. 
Yeah. Like it's it's quite a bit different. Oh yeah. It's very yeah. very different. Yeah. So I'll be paying more attention to that. Nice. It wasn't bad. I think people enjoyed the fight. Yeah. It's not not necessarily bad for it to be like super like for them to just steamroll, but it would have been nicer to have have the fight I think draw it a little more. Mm. But that's just the way it goes. Sure. Yeah. 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 Mm. I'm burning I'm burning it down to the ground. All of it? All of it. Well, Starting with your character! I just suddenly have a sheet of your character. Ah, light it on fire. <laughs> Not in your room. Where did you get that? I'm, I only have a digital character sheet. I'm, I printed it at the FedEx Kinkos. That's a lot of effort. In my own blood. So we played Friday. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. It's a lie. It was good. I thought the, yeah. the battle was good. The I liked the end a lot. Because uh, <laughs> in my heart of hearts, I knew deep, deep in my soul, I was like, the minute deep, Eric deep in your gooch. sees this character here right now, there will be no words. It will be go time. I know this. I know it. Oh, I, I knew who it was when you said feathers. I'm like, oh, is it that fuck? And, uh, is, is it the NPC from my background? Is it the oh, one that the... Uh, we're murdering him. <laughs> so I knew... And then you're like, ah, it has wiki. Oh, God damn it. Yep. <laughs> I knew in my heart of hearts, I was like, I if I want to have any type of interaction with what's happening... The bad guys need some sort of insurance. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because I just know Yoba and a bunch of the players, like, when it's go time, there's no words. They are just like, I fire at them. I go to kill. There's no talking. There's no anything. It's go time. Well, that specifically, and you set this up. Oh, I did. Absolutely. Yeah. But... It's been revealed that that character, which uh, it's an Allen, which doesn't really exist in Numenera, but we did port this over from 5e, which that's where the Allen comes from, as far as I know. Um, he was like my only friend in, in the city I was in, and then I come to find out, oh, he actually had a hand in like destroying my whole village, mm. basically. Right. So it's like, well, yeah, like most of the time... I feel like Yoba's fairly reasonable with that stuff. This is not. This is neither the time nor the place. Yeah. It's time to murder. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. But I, I was nervous, too, though, because of you. Because my whole intention was, okay, we're going to have the party. If they go to the Kestrel home and they don't take Wiki, I'm snatching him. But if they take Wiki... I don't know what to do. I, I don't have anything else to use, so they'll just encounter him, right? Right. But uh, so as the party was going and, like, no one was like, we take Wiki with us to the place. I was like, thank God. I honestly had thought about it. I'm but <laughs> I was like, he seems like he really doesn't want to. He seems like what he wants is he wants kudos so that he can be the first among equals. Like, he wants to stay. He likes being in his village. So I'm like, I'm not going to make him come with 
come with me on this adventure if he really likes being here. So, yeah, you know, mm. good job, buddy. You did good. Right. You know, live your life. Live your life. Of course. The GM's going to fucking use that as, as fuel. Oh, of course. Why not? That's learned. perfect. Always bring every NPC with you from now on. <laughs> Anytime there's anything, we're like, wait, where are they? Bring them with us. We can't be letting them get taken. Head check, head check. Right. And it's like the second time I've snatched, Where's Bobbins? snatched characters and people in moments where the players are like, wait, what? Yeah. So. Some bullshit. It is. I thought bullshit. it was funny how <laughs> for sessions now, all the all the NPCs in this mushroom village are like, hey, you got to take it's a real you don't have to do it, but you really should take the Kestrel to the Kestrel home. Hey, guys, everybody, come on. You should really do that. So it's like, okay, let's let's do it. Seems important. Okay, you can't take any of your gear. Why? <laughs> well, we can't tell you. Oh, well. Fine. Won't take our gear. Okay, we get there, and then the Kestrel land, and there's a bridge you have to walk across. Really skinny. Okay? <laughs> so we walk across it, and it's like, yeah, you hang out for a while. Now you can go. What? Yeah, it was just a thing to get the Kestrel to be... Uh, more advanced and it was also another way to deliver something else that I already delivered mm -hmm. if I needed to but I didn't need to they make fun of you well that's rude right <laughs> they tease you guys well Jesus yep okay you're done we're going back now here's a here's a bunch of because I gave you guys all those like stats and that extra stuff and all of the things that kind of happened were how that happened how your mom happened well I mean chicken so i thought that was funny it's like oh i i can't tell you why okay you're good you can go home now <laughs> what <laughs> excuse me we left our kid <sighs> okay the uh thing that cracked me up in my heart on the table i probably did not react like this but uh one of our players had a real struggle at one moment that the gm can just do whatever they kind of want in this game Mm -hmm. And uh, that player was like, wait, I just, that's how it is. Yep. That's how it is. Uh, well, it started because he's like, hey, don't you have to roll for your monsters to do the same thing I did? And I'm like, I chimed in. I was like, no, <laughs> he, the GM doesn't literally never rolls, bro. Yeah. Like he can just have things happen. That's why Ian's Numenera GM name is GM Fiat. Yep. And I take advantage of this all the time. Yeah. The funny thing about that is that character plays in the Monday campaign as well, and his characters cannot climb to save their own life, mm. to save their family's life or their newborn child's life. They can't do it. It's brutal. It is a real struggle for them. It is brutal. And I think it's a really great way for them to see that, yes, this character is not you. Like, you might be really good at climbing in real life. Good for you. Guess what? Not your character. This guy's not. Go take feats. Like, get get better at it. Like, find ways to do it. But he can't argue against it because it's mechanics. Right. And he maybe if he knew the mechanics better, he, he could try to find loopholes. But guess what? He doesn't. He <laughs> doesn't fucking know the mechanics. I... So that was quite entertaining where it's like, ha, <laughs> both your characters. <laughs> yeah, he got fucked up on a climb. Uh... Mm -hmm. I tell you, though, I tell you, though, tell you what I I don't know why I do this, but I keep trying to swing little like 
outs for him, ways to get out of the scenario that he's digging himself in for his yeah. character, and he just digs deeper. I'm like, yeah. Oh my Why would you give him an out? I'm going to stop now, because I'm like, all right, that last one was pretty blatant, and you, you're just not even listening at all. So no. I'm going to let it play out how it is, man. That's how it goes. Yeah. Let him. He made his bed. Like, he can sleep in it. He's going to sleep Fine. in it. Yeah. The thing about Numenera is he can, like, try to bargain for things or, like, be like, hey. All right. Like, I did that this last session. I'm like, hey, I know it's not really in the rules to move and do, like, an action. Right. But is there something we can work out? You're like, it'll cost you this. I was like, fine. Right. That's fine. I'll do that, you know. Well, because it always feels like this game's more about resources more than anything. Yeah. So when you have to like resource management, absolutely. When something's gonna cost you a little bit more, you're like, ah, uh, okay, I'll do that. Or you're like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm gonna give you a GM fiat tax. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I wish I yeah. got things for it. Like, ooh, I get these things now, and I have. No, it's not about you. But yeah, I don't you get. S- you anything. sit back down. I sit in my. What does he say? I don't know. It's a system of down song. I sit in my empty room or something like that. No lights. That does ring a bell. No music. I don't remember. No lights. That's it. No music. Just sit there. That's that's the song I'm thinking. Nice. That's about the only thing I remember from them. Honestly, my favorite song or my favorite album was the. I think it was the second to last album they did. Was it Hypnotize? Oh, I think so. It's pretty good. Mesmerized got a little weird, but the guitarist did his solo album that I listened to a lot too. Bullet, not Bullets Over Broadway, but it's something really similar. Something. Bullets Over Broadway, I think, is a movie. It's something like that, though. Something yeah. over the top. Yeah. Bullets Over Broadway is a great movie, though. Nice. John Cusack. Don't know. It. This is for Lindsay, but she's like, don't speak. Don't. No, don't speak. It's a whole scene where he's trying to he's trying to confess his love to this woman, like this older woman, like why they're off stage. She's like, don't speak. <laughs> it's kind of like the don't make me sing thing. Don't make me sing. Don't make me sing. Don't make me sing. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So games are going. Games are going. You games are, are flowing. You are right. Your character is right at the edge of. Discovery. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. And, uh, and she probably will. She probably will move into Nano. I'm pretty, pretty. I'm feeling that pull more and more. I'm like, she really does fill that role, right? Even though it's to do with what's happened to her in the campaign, like that arcane bomb is no joke. It is no joke. Yeah. And you. Ju- and also, I really like the uh, to interrupt really no, quick the uh, that f- tier four ability where she can just shut down. Like a monster's, like, oh, yeah. You can't use your bite attack now. Right. Or you can't use your sonic attack. I used that last night, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, you can't use that now. Oh. Really? No. Okay. Well. I was like, that's pretty brutal. Right. And it'll be so. brutal going forward, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm what super. No, I was just saying I'm excited because you're right on the edge of discovery. And. It's, I don't know, it probably feels like a lot right now, but you guys are basically at the, at the crescendo or the height, like the peak of kind of, uh, this section. 
Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff that's uh, like going to happen over the next few sessions. So I'm excited. Yeah, I figured. All right. Then you got to throw a fucking moth oh, and a murderous corpse, throw it off a cliff. I, it's dead to me. <laughs> I'm excited about that part. I've been I've been waiting for this moment uh, ever since I kind of like started teasing his little story. I was like, little do they know that Moth is here already. I want to know how he got through the thing. Oh, don't you? I people. knew that that was. I was if like, the mushroom people like have the only key apparently. I have some words for the chief. Oh, also, yeah. that rainbow thing that we kept calling the rainbow dick. The dick. I love how I, because I had to use the restroom, I come back in, and you're like, okay, the chief has the rock over his head. Yeah. He's like, do you let me do, do, you, do I have your consent to do what I will with this? I was like, what are you going to do with it? Oh, I can't tell you. Right. No. <laughs> I was the only one, apparently, that said Everyone no. else was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason why, too, that wasn't just to be contrary as a player, but Yoba wanted to take that and examine it. Oh, sure. So she had been planning on doing that, but hadn't really had a chance. Mm-hmm. So she's like, no, what are you doing with it? No, I can't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, then. Yeah. And then he put it down and then told us. And then they were oh, like, oh, fine. sure. Yeah, that's cool. And that's that was that's Jerry's character. Which is hilarious, because he wasn't even there. He wasn't there for it. And a I, reveal that's not really a reveal, because we don't know what character he has. Yeah, exactly. But I wasn't going to delay it longer. I was like, sorry, man, I'm doing this right now. You're supposed uh, to well, have handed I mean, in your assignment already, and you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. But with you, you had You had a week to build your character. He had two weeks. And God love you, Jerry. God love you. Because this is the kid didn't... Fi- didn't make his new character who expressed wanting to GM. And I hope you do. Oh, we all I hope want you it. Do. I'll play in that, even if you play 5e. Ugh, gross. Uh, but man, if you can't build one character in a week, you're going to have some serious problems. It's going to be some serious growing <laughs> pains. We'll put it nicely. Yeah, it is. It's a rough thing, man. But so, it's fun. I mean, we like to do it. When Jerry said that, he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to GM. Ian and I are like, hmm. <laughs> hold in the words. Don't say anything. Be supportive. Supportive. Yeah, because that's yeah. that's the thing I want it to be, is supportive. Don't want to burn. I, I think, don't want to, like, yet, like, say all the shitty things. It's like, you are not ready. Because that's not true. Well, I, right. Well, he's not ready in the terms of, like, okay, what system are you going to run? Okay, are you going to read the rules? Like, even a pre-made, guess what? You have to read through that multiple times there's a there's a craft to prepping this stuff right you know which is what this podcast is about <laughs> uh but at the same time he might actually get more into it if he starts gming i agree like, like you did like he get into it and run into some, some stuff and then actually catch the fever yeah the only reason i'm saying this because i know he doesn't listen to this yeah so and if you are jerry fuck you go run a game go run a game <laughs> We're waiting. Fucking. We're waiting. I'm looking at my calendar with all these openings. I'm looking at my watch right now. Just okay. ticking time. I'm pulling out my dick now. What? All right. What? I didn't. I can't stop coming. You <laughs> so good. <laughs> I've been dropping loads all over this place. <laughs> I can't walk back. I've already walked away too far. 
So, so yeah. Games progressing, things. Uh, it is really nice, back on the Pathfinder thing, that they did finish Chapter 1. Mm. It's 12 sessions, which I think is like six more sessions than is really meant in yeah. the book. But that's fine. You guys go through it how you want. Oh, and uh, I'm a good chunk through Kingmaker. Oh, nice. Uh, the, the sandbox portion, the hex crawl, the exploration, mm -hmm. where you basically read through every hex and what they have planned. Dude, it's so much. Oh, I bet. It's, it's a lot. And it's overwhelming, but it's overwhelming and in like an awe-inspiring way. I'm like, man, there's so much cool shit that they There's so do. many things. Yeah. So many activities. And it's cool because it's... You know, they say it's like 35,000 miles worth of territory, but that is not what the hex map, map covers, which I'm like, that's a little weird. Like, what if the players want to go, like, what if they want to zig super hard? Like, where's the rest of it? But I, I'm guessing I, as a GM, just have to make it up. But uh, it's interesting because you start off in Restov, which is a city in Bravois. And almost ha it's weird. It has kind of this Italian feel to it, to me, like the sword, mm. the, 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 the Aldori sword lords, right? They have their own fighting style with these curved blades, and you can actually take uh, archetype in that if you want. You can archetype mm. into the sword lord stuff, um, and that's on the very right, like corner, like top right corner of the map. And as you go to the left everything goes up in level. So it's cool. So as oh. you go deeper left, everything levels up. And it's like, hey, they might go into a hex that they really shouldn't. They have no business going into at the level they're at. So, like, make sure you warn them. Like, they're going into a, a hex that has a dragon. Put a bunch of skulls or, like, a, a signpost that says, warning, dragon. Dragon. Will eat you. Things like that. I was like, that's right. cool. That's a really cool way. I've never thought about. It's so obvious now, but haven't thought about kind of leveling your hex map like that mm. so that once again cool. paizo you fucking kill it every time i love you please please don't go get to a the room dark side. get a room jesus christ <laughs> with that though what with we, that we talking about a little uh something today just for a little bit here speaking of which uh yeah, what are we speaking? We're talking of, about on this good day, video games. Saint Crispin's Day. Video games and their influence on RPGs, good and bad. Yeah, I kind of got the impression we were we were saying vice versa, but bad or the the opposite. Uh, TTRPGs influence or on video, video games. games, but they are reciprocal. I would say. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I mean, it, it goes you know all the way back. Obviously the. I'm I'm only going to be speaking about stuff that I I'm aware of. I didn't like go diving through the internet trying to find real examples of. Yeah, we don't take notes here anymore, people. That's right. There's a conversation. We pull the stuff out of our decks. Just like the rainbow. Just like the rainbow. I don't know what that means, but yes. There was the thing in the game last night. The rainbow dick. Oh, yes, just like the rainbow. Yes. Oh, the rainbow dick. Right. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, the, you know, I think to me, you know, when video games started, obviously there's a lot of history there. But I think that at some point people definitely made the connection to be like, hey, 
we could make RPGs in this type of thing. And I think that's like where the text games kind of start. Well, I'm going to do you one better because not for this. I was going to do a little research. I found a bunch of pages, um, but just didn't didn't get to it. Uh, the same nerds who were doing the early programming mm-hmm. were also playing D&D. Oh, that would like make total sense. There's a lot of crossover. Sense. So a lot of the early games actually were like they were trying to figure out how to play D&D in a video game setting. Sure. So it goes all the way back to the beginning. That's cool. D&D has been in the roots of video games for pretty much since the outset, since the, you know, mid early mid 70s, sure, 74. That, that was cool. And on. Yeah. So it's 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 very very direct. And there's a bunch of games, I don't remember what they're called. I mean, they look so archaic by today's standards, but it it's literally you can see the the programmers taking one aspect of D&D and trying to work it out. So dungeon crawling or this or that or text-based, that kind of thing. Mm. So That's cool. But please continue. No, that's I mean that starts off the whole idea of it is trying to figure out how to play these games that we love uh almost you know being able to do it by yourself because a lot of people don't have groups you know mm-hmm. um and that essentially like a lot of there's obviously there's shooter video games all sorts of video games now but but even shooter video games the idea of having a level or like gaining more skills or gaining like power increase that is directly re- like taken from TTRPGs, right. what we call TTRPGs. Back in the day, that wasn't a term. It was just RPGs yep. were a thing you played at the table, you know. Um, so now so, you have to make the distinction oh, go ahead. Go now ahead. between like, oh, it's an RPG. Most people are going to think that's a video game right off the bat. Yeah, because they're so popular. Right. And so that's yeah. interesting that originally it was in reference to tabletop stuff, but now we have mm-hmm. to designate, oh, it's tabletop. yeah. yeah. It's almost like the tabletop, the originator, is more obscure. Mm. But, you know, not that much right. these days, especially with the D&D movie and Baldur's Gate 3. And, uh, but we instead of calling the video games like VRPGs, we have to call, we have to designate the tabletop games as TTRPGs. Right. You know, or, which is interesting. You know, and, or like if you are playing an RPG on computer... And then you have mm-hmm. to make the distinction of like, well, is it an CRPG. RPG or is it an MMO? Because now you just people say MMO. Right. And you have CRPGs, mm. you have JRPGs, you have a bunch of different kind of, well, I guess we call them subgenres. Of the RPG. For sure, yeah. I honestly don't call, I don't consider MMOs RPGs, even though I know technically they are. Sure. Because it seems to be all about fetch quests and gear leveling. Where you're not really playing a character in the world. Mm. It's more about running around and doing like raids and stuff. But again, you play you play MMOs way more than I. Yeah. Because I just don't. After a while, I can't stand them. Every time I'm like, well, I'm done. I'm good now. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I have played a lot of MMOs. I've done the World of Warcraft. I did Final Fantasy 15. Is it 15 or 14? 14. 14. 14. Uh, you and you and Jerry got into it. I got into it for a while too. Yeah, like I did get a higher level character, for sure. Uh, but I made it like, man, I played that game all the time. There's yeah. so much content to playing Final Fantasy 14. They just they just came out with another expansion like 
a month ago, I think. I don't know if they did. Yeah, that's yeah, wild. they're still dropping, dropping loads all over the place. They're dropping loads all over the place. It's fun. Dropping like it's super fun. It's just super time consuming, and especially once you're high level, like it just becomes like daunting to get through some of that stuff you're just like uh, i don't want to today right. i already put 300 hours into this game and i feel like the community i was pretty impressed with the community people seem generally nicer like willing to help you out at a lower level and oh. you're like i'm dumb i don't know what to do and they're like let's i let me help you let's go on a magical journey yeah there is a lot more so of that's that pretty in cool that. yeah uh, Warframe's a good one as well yeah. that I said. Uh, you played a good chunk in the Neverwinter as well, didn't you? Yeah, I hated it. Yeah. Absolutely. That one is probably my least favorite of them all. That's funny. That I played. Like, I really didn't like that one. You get, did, did you get to a level 60? I don't think I got to level 60. I think I got to, like, level 45 mm. or 50. I got up there. But, again, I get to a certain point where I'm like, this is not... This is not fun. Yeah, I'm this done. feels like more fetch quests and I have better gear. I have no investment in this world. I don't care about the uh don't care about my character. They don't feel like they matter to the world sure. like they would in a tabletop RPG. Oh right, right. You know. Yeah. But I think But yeah, I did play for a while, for sure. I think that's one of the uh one of the pieces that's like a the negative influence. Uh, or something that is they're not able to bring over in that that style of game quite yet where your character like matters in an MMO like things yeah uh, and I you know they're always trying I think to create something to that level mm-hmm. but it's just the I just don't think the technology is there yet you would you would have to have generative AI, which they are. I've seen a few things online where there's some games where, like, they're going to use that for NPCs where NPCs' dialogue isn't scripted, mm. where, like, they react to you. So, you, yeah, the, the AI is almost there. Right. Like, if you look at, like, No Man's Sky for procedurally generated worlds and stuff, but it's going to have to be... It's going to be a different thing. Right. I don't think it's going to be what we, what we hope it'll be on tabletop and that's fine but also i mean if you look at have you seen people doing playthroughs of the matrix demo in unreal 5 uh-uh. and like going up and talking to npcs no nope. it's pretty crazy dude because you can actually hook up your mic and talk to them and some of their i mean the responses are canned but there's a lot so if you're trying to say hey give me your keys to your car they're like no go away weirdo <laughs> so like it's contextual Right. It's right at the beginning of it, but it's pretty interesting. And then Unreal 5, you can make things look real. So it's like not the NPCs so much, but the cars and the streets and the buildings. It looks fucking real. That's crazy. So we'll get there. I don't like and it. And add on VR on top of that. Until I can touch things with like haptic finger feels, I don't want to play. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think what you're going to find is that's probably outmoded. Probably what will happen is it'll be more of an implant thing. By the time we get to that point where it's like haptic, where you just, you get something that interfaces with your skin more permanently, more semi-permanently. It's going to be just like that. injecting yeah. things into our, our... Well, our friend Harley's been talking about that for years, where you can get injections so you can sense the electromagnetic field 
oh, right. around you. You can actually get sensors in your in your fingertips and stuff. So they're already starting to do that. Obviously, cost prohibitive. But, uh, yeah, I could definitely see that being a thing where more and more, like, you could do VR, but it's not intrusive, where you just put, like, little things on your temples or on certain parts of your skull, and that takes over your visual cortex. And stick it in your nose stuff. for some smell. Stick it in your nose. Yeah. It'll happen as long as the world doesn't end. Well, I mean, 50-50. 50-50. 60-40. 30-70? Maybe. Maybe. 20-80? Mm, it's a bit bleak. Sold. Shit. Uh, but, yeah, so MMOs are definitely a big part of it. Right. Uh, I think you're... I think what they could do... Uh, again, I don't... I think the whole... Con you know the controversy going on with Baldur's Gate right now? No. You heard much about that? No. Nope. So all the... It's not really a controversy, but everybody kind of makes a bigger deal out of things said online than what was actually said. Sure. At least in my opinion. Started with one tweet, but a lot of the AAA game developers are kind of like, hey, yeah, this game's great, but don't expect this to be the norm. And so there's kind of this conversation going on about like okay why why are the triple a games kind of freaking out over larian's new thing cuz larian you can play offline hmm. there's no microtransactions you just buy the game and that's what you get instead of like yeah you buy the game but then you got to buy the season pass and then if you want that piece of gear you got to pay more and they're constantly trying to drain money out of the players which players hate surprise right. surprise um and so it's uh, it's interesting seeing that because Larian could, especially if people are talking about it, could have a bigger impact because this same kind of controversy happened with Elden Ring and Red Dead 2 and even a game I'm playing right now, which is phenomenal, called uh, Disco Elysium, which is like all text-based, basically. Like there's no combat, but it's got a whole leveling system and much more like Blades in the Dark, I would say. But it's cool when you do checks, it rolls 2d6. Mm. And it shows you the thing, and you fail a lot. Oh, nice. Insane. Um, but it would be interesting to see if, like, MMOs started doing more dialogue trees, like all uh, Mass Effect mm -hmm. and, like, the Bethesda games. Uh, and now all Alarian, because apparently the dialogue social stuff is absolutely insane. Like, how much you can just talk to your party members. Mm. And you don't get, like, regurgitated responses. Because they... I can't... It's an ungodly amount of dialogue in the game. Like, how much dialogue is in there. So, I I might be more interested in an MMO if they started adding more stuff like that. Sure. That'd be cool. More elements where it's not just gear. Because I think gear is cool. I mean, Pathfinder 2E has tons of... Gear is a huge integral part yeah. but that's not why i play the game you know right so it would be cool to see if they could again you know talking about what's the next what's the next step right. that would be a cool next step i agree you know but i don't really like playing with strangers either it's, not, <laughs> it's a big part of mmo that is a big part unless you have a bunch of your friends that play then it's not so bad that's that's the only reason i will play those mm. That, that that's the draw for me so 
MMOs are one. Yeah. What about uh, I would say JRPGs are another huge oh, chunk of the RPG landscape. Oh, they're, that's and they're actually like there's a lot of them now that are they're still making them. You know, of them. ton of them. Yeah. What does JRPG stand for? Japanese role playing game. Give us and, more. And uh, the most well known ones are usually the ones brought up by Square, uh, now Square Enix. But I remember it as Squaresoft when Square was just the Japanese game and you wouldn't get a new game from them until like four years after the release in Japan. I remember those days. I remember those days. Final Fantasy VI was Final Fantasy III. It was a beautiful time. Final Fantasy VII uh, took forever to get here. Yeah, ever. Fuck, man. Um, but they had a really... they. It was interesting. I watched a, a YouTube, like what do they call them, video essay on JRPGs and what kind of sets them apart. But it's interesting because their storylines are really linear. Like, you don't usually have much choice to affect the the outcome a lot of the time. Um, Very strategic battles, very turn-based. They also get into the idea of, like, front-line, back-line stuff, Mm. which we can talk talk about in a bit. and depending upon the actual game we're talking about, like Final Fantasy VII has a huge materia component. So you have all these pieces of materia which kind of power up your weapons and you can like mix and match and put different materia on different weapons. And if you use a materia a lot, the materia levels up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so it's very complex in that way. But very railroady in terms of story. Mm-hmm. But the stories, most of the time, are pretty fucking awesome. They're, it's written by, seems like it's written by somebody who took a bunch of acid yeah. most of the time, every time. And it is funny because uh, they always end, it's all, it always ends up you're going to kill God in the JRPGs. In the end, nice yeah. Thing. Yeah. And there are reasons for that, I guess, historically and culturally. Mm-hmm. To do with, uh, I think, like World War Two and being invaded blah 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 um so that's another one what about c rpgs that's i don't know if i've actually seen those letters together you you have maybe not that term but crpgs is like Baldur's gate what's the c uh, for ice uh computer oh computer role-playing games uh Baldur's gate icewind dale um divinity original sin where you're kind of, it's almost like the Diablo view, but you have a party of players. It's usually much more crunchy. It's usually turn-based. It's much more emulating what a tabletop game is in a lot of aspects. Yeah, I think Pillars uh, of Eternity is one of those. Probably. Yeah, I've heard that one come up a lot as kind of another one that's pretty good. Yeah, I've got um, the I think you play second. more of those than I have. I've, yeah, I've played I them. recently started playing Wrath of the Righteous by which is uh um a Pathfinder, one e adventure path mm-hmm. done on done in via video game. How do you like that? I like it a lot. I am really not a fan of the isometric view. Mm. I don't like it. It's I. It's hard for me being so far away from your character all the time. It's hard for me to connect to the characters. So that's that's not an ideal way for me to play. Sometimes it works. So Disco Elysium. 
is very much that. It's very locked in. You can't move the camera around. Where Wrath of the Righteous, you actually can move the camera in 360 degrees. You oh, can zoom in and zoom out. Um, so it's context dependent, but I do like it. It's weird trying to get used to the... The rules are hardcore in their PF1 rules. So, like, uh, my my custom character that I made, she's fucked right now. Like, cool. in terms of, like, she has all these disadvantages, and I got to go find some healer before she can do, like, full damage again. And yeah, So there's a lot to learn, uh, especially if you're not terribly familiar with PF1E. So I do like it, but, again, I really just want to play Baldur's Gate 3. That's mm. That's the game that it's like hitting right now. Everyone's everyone's talked to me about it. It's everywhere you go. Baldur's Gate three. Baldur's Gate yeah. three. I mean it. I it's giving it, the people what they I don't want. Care that much. Yeah. 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 Well, you'll cool. you'll have access to it way sooner than I will. Yeah. I yeah. think it comes out in a few weeks. For yeah, September, early September. Yeah. But yeah. I'm. Uh, the game I'm buying next, I mean, I'm a from software fan. I love their their stuff, so I'm really pumped about their new one coming out. Comes out just oh, that got leaked. No, it's not leaked. Which one are you talking about? Armored Core Six. Oh, there's another one of their fantasy like Souls games got leaked recently oh, I apparently haven't, I haven't it's heard not that coming out soon right. but apparently there's some info that got dropped I'll have to check that out I love from software games and to me those feel this one obviously not but like Dark Souls Elden Ring those feel very much to me like RPGs uh, only in the sense of when you're just one person playing an RPG, it's going to be crazy deadly. Like everywhere you go, everything is going to kill you. Right. Um, so I'm a huge fan of that. I love that shit. Right. That definitely, we've talked about this before, but yeah. the Souls games hails back to a more OSR yep. type style. Um, the difference being you don't usually play OSR with one character. Mm. So like it's even more deadly, but the, the, deadliness of those old games supposedly is much higher yeah you don't really gain more hit points especially if you're a caster like you're really squishy you're like getting up to level 10 is very rare and a lot of those osr games keep those weird caps like dwarves and elves don't get up above a certain level and that kind of thing and dwarves Dwarves and elves are also classes as opposed to, to races or ancestries. Isn't that like just the original Dungeons and Dragons that you're talking about? Like the well, old, old, there's old OG D and D, and that's a whole complicated thing because you have like the BX stuff. You've got Beck Me. You've got a whole bunch of different versions of D and D that came out. Mm. And if you were actually there, it wasn't like you knew. There was no, like, central source to tell you, like, walk you through all the different editions. You would just find what you find That's what you on did. the shelves. Yeah. Kind of like when we were young, AD&D was a thing, but that's what was available. Not realizing that this was really AD&D, like, it was like 2.5, really. Because mm. we got the cut. We didn't even have the original covers. Right. Or anything like that. So we kind of got the updated version of, of that. Um so, but most people played basic. 
So that's the BX, which stands for Basic to Expert. And uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name because he's pretty well known in OSR. But it goes from ex it goes from Basic to Expert, and there's like five different levels, five books. You've probably seen pictures of some of them around. Hmm. But most of the players back in the 80s cut their teeth on Basic. So when the OGL came out, a lot of these guys who'd been playing since the 80s started releasing their homebrew versions of these rules. Uh. And that's what laid the groundwork for the OSR. So yeah, a lot of these new OSR are directly built on that scaffolding of BX or Beckme, depends. Um, so yeah, you get a lot of the, it's basically just them trying to like, for instance, uh, old school essentials is basically directly translating that but trying to make it more understandable mm -hmm. so like the rules are written out in a clear form because Gygax is not known for his clarity sure so yeah there's a there's a direct line there well, that's cool yeah we have it always seems strange not strange one of the things that like all video games seem to use some version of like what an RPG does where it has to do with like where like how you can like basically do damage right or how do mm -hmm. you there's random number like generators or uh averages that your weapon can hit and that's done across so many genres yeah pretty much anything that involves combat has to do yeah. with that that kind of mechanic which to me is taking that idea of the rpg systems all the different ones and Absolutely. Making yeah. it something. Yeah. Well, I think anytime you your character, if, it, if they grow in power in any way, shape, or form, you get better weapons. You can craft better weapons. You grow in skill. You have a skill tree. You have levels. Any of that stuff, that all goes back to D&D. &D. Mm. And some, there's, if you track the lineage, the influence becomes pretty clear. Mm -hmm. And it might be a really small thing. Sure. But, like, if you're getting better... If you can do anything to improve the, the way you interact with the world and kind of dominate the world, you could say, or like, you know, you're more powerful in the world, I would say that directly comes from D&D &D mm. and RPGs for sure. And then you get the you get the flip side where like D&D 4th &D edition really tried to take what was popular at the time, which was WoW, and kind of translate that over to... Uh, Tabletop, mm -hmm. which everybody hated. But a lot of people say that uh, PF2E, Pathfinder 2nd Edition, has a lot in common with D&D 4th Edition because a lot of the designers worked on both. Oh, really? Yeah, and also a lot of the cool stuff that Colville's doing now with his game and also like his different monster roles. So there's like the tactician and the ambusher and the controller and all these different things. That comes from 4th Edition, too. Oh, interesting. So there's a lot. There's the other influence. Um, so, you know, you have like DPS, damage per second, mm -hmm. and wow. DPR gets coined on tabletop, so damage per round, uh -oh. things like that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So that. so you get, you get the back and forth because the way p we view these games has to do with what you spend your time playing. Mm. So if you spend your time playing a lot of video games, you're going to see tabletop through that lens. 
Right. You know. And just like I think you were saying earlier, the, the it goes like back and forth because you can tell like this is a call out only due to being close to it. You can tell with like League of Legends, take for example. Mm-hmm. You can tell that whoever was whoever's been creating this or started doing this, they were fans and probably played D and D or Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Like it's their they have so many elements that kind of not mimic but have these same roots. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to see the specific. Like I'm seeing a lot of it just because I'm reading about Alkenstar, mm-hmm. and that area really does remind me of the kind of vibe of like a bunch of the stuff in Arcane, the show. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it has that same kind of setting and vibe. So I'm like, that's interesting. I'll bet money says a lot of the people that are designing and creating things for that have also played these other RPGs. And it usually, just like you said, nerds are nerds and they love to nerd, man. Absolutely. Well, I mean, going back to Larian with Baldur's Gate 3, that was an absolute labor of love. Mm. The reason why that game was made the way it was is because the CEO is an absolute fanatic for D&D. Yeah. And he wanted it done right. So, yeah, that's absolutely true. I wouldn't be surprised, especially, I mean, when did League of Legends start up? Because wasn't it just a, what they call it, MOBA? It's like, it's basically like uh, World, not World of Warcraft, Warcraft 3. They would use levels and like, well, that was like basically it's, mod them. That was like it's a writ, like years before there was League. Yeah. It was a, like a tower defense style game. Yeah. Uh, that someone, it was just a level someone created in the Warcraft game. Yeah, Warcraft 3, I think. Mm, yeah, I think so. Because so. they all look like Warcraft 3. Oh, yeah. It's heavily influenced from Blizzard stuff. Like, the art hasn't... Like, the graphics haven't got that much better. It's like it has its own style mm-hmm. that you want it to look like, which is Warcraft 3. And they... Uh, yeah. I think then it got... Then I think the they somebody made the game Dota, Defense of the Ancients, and that yeah. that's like its own game, but it looks like the level. It's basically the levels that they made from Warcraft, but now it's its own game and it has new mechanics and new things that it kind of does. I wonder if they coded that one from the ground up. If they're like, okay, we're not just modding, we're gonna code, code this one, even though it's gonna look and feel the same. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. And then after that got huge. League of Legends came out and like perfected that entire nice. genre of game and now That's cool. You know, League is obviously like the biggest fucking esport yeah. video game there is. Yeah. Yes, yes, I see a lot of them but League seems to be the biggest one. Yeah. Also another genre of game I have no interest in playing. Yeah, it's it's a rough one. <laughs> yeah. It's a rough one. It's kind of highly competitive. Highly competitive. Highly competitive. I love Arcane though. Oh yeah, the lore in League Fantastic. is unreal. Yeah, I want to play that. Uh, there's a PS2, P, uh, PS2, PS4 game where you play. Uh, oh, what is her name? She's one of the legends. She's like one of the League legends, uh, but she's. Uh, it's not misery, but it's like misfortune or that something. That is it, she's right like there. Pirate. She has like a tragic past. You play in the pirate city, which looks pretty cool. It's kind of. Uh, like Battle Chasers, which Battle Chasers, I love that comic. And apparently they're making more, but they have the Battle Chasers uh, video game, which was Kickstarter. It was like one of the early Kickstarter games. Hmm. And I have that one. That one's pretty fun. Pretty fun. That's more point crawl. Uh, like you have a world map and you kind of go from here to there, kind of Mario style, but then you can explore the city. 
isometrically in that. And then it's got turn-based battles. And, oh, okay. But, uh, yeah. Yeah? It's pretty sweet. Yeah, so it's, I mean, we didn't get too much into, like, the negatives, but there are, I think, negatives a little bit that can kind of... Well, let's talk about them. Well, I feel like people get so immersed in video game they feel like the immersion needs to be the same in RPGs and it's yep. just different. It's not yeah. that way. Well, like you don't in, uh, in most tabletop games, you don't draw aggro. Mm -hmm. There's not really a tank. Right. Things like that don't exist. Like I read huge conversations, really insightful conversations about how like in Pathfinder 2E, there is no tank. Right. That's not what you do. There are other things like the champion really makes me want to pay, play a champion by the way there's this one uh feat you can take that lets you react after a monster hits uh one of your teammates one of your allies mm. and then you get to attack so some people will build their whole class around this one feat so they're constantly holding a shield and attacking like counter-attacking basically mm. after a monster attacks but there's not really aggro right you know like you normally would get. Yeah, the there are some things that you can pull from video games into your tabletop, but a lot of it that it doesn't translate well. It's mm -mm. It, and then stuff from RPGs, usually when you translate it to video games, it works because there's a way to do that. The stuff that doesn't work is where that like human aspect comes into it. The, right, like being able to uh, improv and be a person, you know. Yeah, I think too that was the original transfer. Is like, hey, let how can we take our tabletop games and make a video game mm. out of it? Where I think also if you play tabletop, you're a little more resistant to people trying to bring in video game stuff into your into your tabletop game, yeah. even if it improves the game, quote unquote. Sure. You know, it always depends upon the table. But, uh, yeah, I do hear that as a criticism of PF2s. They're like, ah, it's a video game. I'm like, I can see that. Mm. But it's not really. Sure. Like, it's got elements, but I I think cross-pollination is just fine myself. Yeah, me too. Know? But I think the perspective that people bring, like, I've talked about the story a bunch, but I used to have a campaign on Sunday, and there was a, there was a big communication breakdown with one of the players because she was used to playing wow <clears throat> she was used to playing raids and like being I, I think she was like a raid leader and not not understanding the premise of the game really mm. even though we had tried to explain it to her as best we could you don't really get the you don't really get tabletop games unless you play them right and you you have a series of click moments like oh that's what this is mm. um but she was she was thinking it was kind of this you know um, zero-sum game where, like, if she dies or her party members die, that's on her. We're going to kick her out of the table. She's out of the guild. Right. It's a very kind of wow MMO concept. Very much so. And that's you know? not the way it is in not uh, at all. tabletop. If you die, we make a new character. And if it is, don't play with that group. Right. Like, if that's the kind of pressure they're putting on you, you're in the wrong place, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, I it's I think it's good both ways cuz I could say the same for one of the reasons why I don't enjoy MMOs is 
kind of the seeds that were planted at the outset is I kind of brought my expectations for tabletop mm. into the MMO. Well, that's not really, it's not really an RPG. Yeah, not in that In sense. terms of what I'm looking for right. to get out of it. For sure. You know, so, and you could say the same thing about Diablo because that's a, you know, Diablo 4 is a big controversial game as well right now. Um, but it's not really an RPG in terms of like the story progression is very linear. It's mm -hmm. more about the gear. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's kind of Blizzard's thing is like really cool gear. You're going to have a cool storyline, but you're not going to affect the storyline. Right. You know, you can either pass, fail, that kind of thing. But it does have a lot of elements of RPGs like leveling up your class. Stats. And yeah. Abilities. Kind of gear out the gear. bubble. Tons of gear. Level up your gear. And then throw it away, and then level up the throw next away. gear. Throw it away. Junk it, start over, but at a higher level of darkness. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. I thought, too, um, it would be interesting. I know we're kind of at time here, but to really just talk a little bit about the terminology of RPGs and how that's kind of saturated cultural consciousness. Sure. So, like, for instance, NPC is a big term that's taken on new meaning now. Just, like, especially online where, like, if you call someone M an NPC, you're basically saying, like, they have no free will or self-awareness. Like, they're not awake like you are, which right. is highly dubious. That's uh, um, that's definitely an insult now. People yeah. know what it means, typically. Yeah. But people know what it means, typically, that may not even know where it actually comes sure. from. Sure. Oh, yeah. Either, you know, but... Uh, I think even the idea of leveling, like working and level or leveling up, mm. I think has permeated a lot of the cultural consciousness. Oh, yeah. And obviously a lot of this is because the kind of adult generation are now have grown up with video games. Yeah. Where that wasn't necessarily the case before. But, you know, things like AC or PC, player character, not politically correct. Um trying to think of some other ones too even stuff like aggro mm. or tanking uh, some of the kind of video game sides of it i i more and more see these terms kind of just pop out out of context of the game and people are just using them in a cultural way right too so i think that's the other side of it is slowly but surely D's dream for better or worse is coming true where it's kind of a cultural thing. Yeah. You know, whether you play or not, you know? Oh, so. for sure. I, uh, I, funny thing for me is I said something to someone the other day and I was like, Oh, you know, D and D. And they're like, what's that? And I go dungeons and dragons. They're like, Oh, so they knew the words dungeons and dragons. But when you, mm -hmm. when I referred to it as D and D, they were like, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. There is a lot of kind of lingo once you dive into tabletop that there are a lot of acronyms mm. and kind of shortening of words and all kinds of stuff. Um, even things like, oh, that game is crunchy. Like, mm. what does that mean? What What are you saying? I mean, it's got chips. You get chips when you play. You, you get a, uh, it's your constellation prize for. Constellations? Constellation. Constellation prize. You get a you get a constellation named after you. Really? But um Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see where this goes in the next 
like in the next decade mm. because you have I'm gonna use heavy quotations here, you know, D and D fifth edition reissuing. Sure. So whatever they're calling one D and D now, but the new edition that they're getting ready to release. Um and Paisa's doing their remaster and you've got Baldur's Gate out. You got a new Witcher game on the horizon. Um, oh, yeah. You got a whole bunch of like just w- tons more stuff coming out that's directly in the RPG genre on the video game side and the tabletop side. So it's going to be interesting to see where the influence goes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, have you watched the latest uh, Matthew Colville MCDM video? No. So they're starting to do the designing the game videos. And the last one was on attacks. Oh. And apparently they're doing this new... I feel like, again, Matthew Colville and their company, they're doing what I think a lot of people wanted Critical Role to do with their system. Oh. Which is like, for instance, they're they're not going to have attacks. And all this is subject to change, but they actually took out attacking and also like missing because it's not fun. And so they have this whole different system they're starting to create where... They just want the game to be really fun and keep you engaged. Sure. So, like, no more initiative. So they're starting to take a lot of these concepts we think of as, like, really standard and breaking them down and being like, well, why do we have this? This, Do we really need this? And a lot of times they're finding out no. So I'm very interested to see. I think that game is going to be a bombshell. I really do. I think. I don't think it's going to dethrone D&D or anything like that, but I think it's going to create a legitimate different avenue of like, hey, here's another way to try. Just like uh, the Powered by the Apocalypse games are a different, it's a different thesis on what tabletop is. Sure. Um, and I don't really think like I don't know how much you've seen of um, Daggerheart. I haven't seen anything. It, it's it, it seems very underwhelming to me. Really. I do like the 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 core mechanic is a two d twelve system. Oh, interesting. And you have hope and fear dice and whatever rolls higher that like that tells you what's going to happen, good or bad. But then you have like cards and you have you have a bunch of different paraphernalia. So like when if you buy the game physically, you're going to have to buy like a big like hero quest box. Right. And it just it just seems kind of gaudy, like it's got all these moving parts and it doesn't really seem. I don't know, it just doesn't doesn't really hit that. Hit, scratch that itch mm. on the face of it. Sure. Maybe I'm wrong. If I play it, it might be really fun. But it's a lot like you have three character sheets and you can move them around. You have cards that kind of... I get why you would have cards. So instead of having to remember everything about your class... It's just right there. You have there. these different things like, oh, I have this feet card or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. But it's still a lot of stuff to keep track of. And I, I, it seems a, it seems more like something you do for Blades in the Dark or something more short-term. Sure. So, but who knows? Maybe I'm completely wrong. But I feel like MCDM's game is kind of what we wanted Critical Role and Cobalt Press to do oh, okay. with their stuff instead of just being like, oh, we're going to do another 5e clone. Yay. Like, nobody wants that right now. It's not, yeah, 5e. not what we're looking for. So. Well, I'm interested to see how these all of these things end up when their full release comes so I can actually be like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think you can get the Daggerheart playtest now because they released a bunch of stuff at Gen Con for it. Oh, that's cool. And the Tales of the Valiant, like, 
public playtest materials has now they're done. They're going to do internal playtests, but they also they were selling that at Gen Con as well. So a lot of the stuff is pretty close. MCDMs is not. Right. That one's much farther away. But they're also being completely open about their whole process, which I don't think any company's ever done. Mm-hmm. Most of them are, you know, D&D is a great example where, yeah, you do play tests, but apparently they only have two people reading through all the questionnaires. It's a lot of questionnaires to go through. Yeah, it's hundreds of thousands of questionnaires. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a, it's a whole lot. Um, but also, nobody has any idea how they're taking that information, and it, the, there's a very opaque wall, mm. right? A GM screen, if you will. <laughs> And I'm not here to say whether that's good or bad, but it's really interesting to see MCDM, which I am a very big fan of, uh, being completely transparent Mm. and really in the spirit of, I think, what most people want and what they come to tabletop for. Sure. So I'm very excited. Like, I love, I think Pathfinder is my home, but I'm very excited to try out their new game because I think it's going to be something different and really cool and really about having as much fun on the table as possible nice so I like that yeah 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 it go fuck yourself San Diego nice I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say fuck poop 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 mouth uh is it me it is now I, I feel like I did the last one. Mm-hmm. I think it's you. I don't think so. I'm putting it on your shoulders. You carry this burden. You carry you son of a bitch. Well, if you like video games, that's awesome. We play video games. We play RPGs. So, in the we terms... We Yeah, the Stay Sweaty comes from video game stuff that's where i heard it from was some kids that are gamers more of just being a sweaty that, that is that is news to me because really you just came up with that on the flywood and i'm like ian send us off and you're like stay sweaty yeah that's the yeah. it's a term for being i don't know if it's good or bad these days but a sweaty is you know someone who's gripping that controller and sweating did you really hear that, though, back when we started? I, heard I thought it. you heard that later on afterwards. I'm pretty sure that I heard the term a sweaty way before the podcast, but it wasn't like I, part I'm of pretty it. sure we talked about you hearing that, how you're like, apparently this is a bad thing now. Right. Yeah. Because I think I uh, heard the term referred to originally as a good thing. I don't know. So. I don't know, but if it's I good, your memory. If it's bad, continue. Stay sweaty. Yeah, stay sweaty. Be as sweaty as you want, you pieces of shit. I thought I was closing. Nope. You did. No, you closed. You said stay sweaty. Like, subscribe!